We are all bombarded with information each and every day. And it comes at an excruciating pace. So my question for you this morning is, what are you listening to? Maybe a better question is, who are you listening to? As an example of how quickly information is coming in and being processed happened for our family on Friday evening. It started with learning that there is a hurricane uh, going, going to Hawaii on its route to Hawaii. And uh, my dad is in Hawaii for six more months on uh, working. And so just connecting with him to see if he's okay. And everything is good and they're ready for it there. And then about 10 minutes later, we received a text from a very good friend of my wife's that a family members of hers who's been battling cancer, that it metastasized. And so we're trying to figure out how to support and encourage this family along this journey. And then we get a, camp, a call from Camp Luther Haven that they're probably going to have to cancel the rest of the summer. And can we come up and offer anything for the staff uh, on Sunday, later this afternoon? And thankfully we're able to do that. But all the information that we have coming at us at this rate, is, it's disconcerting and it's disorganizing thoughts, right? You start in the morning and you have a trajectory for your day. But you open up your phone and all of a sudden you don't know who to listen to. If you're like me, you get times of information overload and you want to go and sit in a chair and just try and process it all alone. You feel the weight of the worry on your shoulders. Well, friends, we are not alone in this information overload. It happened in Jeremiah's day as well. We pick up Jeremiah's story in chapters 27, 28, and 29, and we learn that the people around Jeremiah were overloaded with information as well. And they were trying to process it to see what was true and what was false. What was real and what was a lie. Just like we do as we have all of this information coming in at us. Jeremiah had false prophets that were around him. And these false prophets would take a little bit of the truth and they connect it into a lie. And they would just spew it all over the place to create a sense of hope for the people. And it was a false hope. You see, these prophets understood that, that Babylon was ruling over them. King Zedekiah in the year 597 BC was overseeing God's people. And a new pharaoh had come into the land in Egypt. They thought pharaoh would be their hero. So they wanted to, to have him come and wipe out everything. Another example of what this looks like happened in 1938. 
prime minister of Great Britain met with Hitler. And at the end of their meeting, there was this phrase that resonated around the world. Peace in our time. Peace in our time. Less than a year later, there was an invasion of Poland. And we know what happened from there. Idealist. It's not about people who see the glass half full, but it's about people who tell you what you want to hear to bring you hope in this moment. But it's a fleeting hope that doesn't last. It's a moment, it's the words, it's the lies, it's the worries that that saddle our shoulders. If you were here with us last week, we talked about the weight that a donkey carries on its shoulders and how we, we weren't meant to carry that weight. But as we get information and we try to process it, we do. We carry the, wear, the worry. We carry the lies with us. But have no fear. Jeremiah also tells us that there is realists out there. Realists are the people who tell things like they are. What's really happening? They're the ones that say, it's okay not to be okay. This isn't the way it's supposed to be, and we'll make it through together. We'll survive the disaster together. And that's Jeremiah. From the very beginning of his book, he's a realist. In Jeremiah 6, we read this, They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. You see, these false prophets, the people who are around Jeremiah, would take a little bit of the truth, package it up with a little bit of a lie, to create a false hope. We see this in our world today. As we get bombarded with information— People take a little bit of the truth and add in a little bit of a lie and see who will gain hope from that. There's a a problem with that, though. That hope, it it, it lasts for a moment. Yes, we we can get through this. But all of a sudden, when you realize that it's a false hope, then you get weight on your shoulders of that worry, and of those lies. So Jeremiah doesn't just leave the people and say, uh, I'm going to tell you like it is. He, he gives them some instructions. And, and for this story, the, the real instruction that Jeremiah has is this. Do not listen to them. Serve, serve the king of Babylon and live. And I just want to dive into the story just a little bit here. All right? So the reading that we did a little bit earlier was all about temple vessels. These temple vessels come from the temple of Solomon. And some had already gone into captivity into Babylon. All right? Some were already there. But they had left some. And the people found hope in these vessels. Because as these vessels were used in the temple, it meant that God was with them. That God's forgiveness and the hope that offered was there. 
it was tangible. They could see it. It was in and with these vessels. Okay. What the people who were raising this false hope didn't know is that Egypt, if they would have gotten a hold of the vessels, would have made them into weapons because this is choice gold and copper and silver and, and choice metals. This isn't something that people just give back to you. The king of Babylon would eventually give everything back. It's an amazing part of the story that we'll get to down the road. But for today, you need to know that part. That these false hopes were coming from a false plan. And so Jeremiah says, surrender. Throw up the white flag and surrender, but not surrender and die. Surrender with three things in mind. The first is this. Surrender brings acceptance. The temple vessels shall be carried to Babylon and remain there until the day when I visit them, declares the Lord, when I will bring them back, restore them to this place. Acceptance that God has a plan. And God's plan is not our plan. As we process the information that's coming into us, it's easy for us to come up with a plan. Our plans are small, and God's plan is huge. For Jeremiah, God's plan was, I will care for you. And you will see a time where you can come back to this place, and it's going to be okay. But that's not right now. I will bring them back and restore them to this place. Surrendering brings hope. You see, those vessels meant that God was with them. And and they were used in the sacrifices that God had instructed to bring forgiveness to his people. The author of Hebrews furthers that by saying, we have as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. You see, Jesus quite literally tore this curtain in two. His death on the cross opened access to the Father. That meant that our hope isn't found in in vessels and what those vessels mean, but our hope is found in Jesus and what he has done for each and every one of us. As we surrender, we find hope. And that hope is in a God who cares and a God who forgives. And Jesus, as he's talking about the sheep in our gospel lesson puts it this way. I've come, they, they might have life and have it abundantly. Laying things at the foot of the cross, laying our worries and the lies we get entangled in, the things that are weighing down our shoulders for our day's journey, and laying those at the cross, surrendering them 
at the cross means that we have a hope. We have a a hope that goes beyond tomorrow as being Monday. It goes on to an everlasting life, an eternal life. An eternal life with a God who loves and forgives. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. As we try to process the information that is coming at us at such a rapid pace, unfortunately, there's no quick answer to say, listen to this voice and don't listen to this voice. But there is a real voice to listen to. And as we surrender all of that worry and all the things that weigh us down at the foot of the cross, we see what that really means for us. And it means an acceptance that we can't do it on our own. It means that in that acceptance there is hope. Hope for tomorrow, but hope for an everlasting life. And there is life. There is life beyond the troubles of today. There is a life with Jesus that is everlasting. My hope is as you come across all of these bits of information that are coming your way, and you feel that weight over this next week, that you are able to surrender, that you're able to give it to Jesus at the foot of the cross and find acceptance, hope, and life in him. Amen.